Welcome to Signs of the Times, a look at recent world events from around our kitchen table. Welcome back to another Signs of the Times podcast, where this week we'll be talking about um, Armageddon, end of the world, um, fundamentalist Christianity, fundamentalist Islam, the war on terror, and Zionism, to name but a few things, and how all of these uh, play into the current uh, political and social state of the world and uh, and where it might all be leading us. One of the issues that we've been at pains to try and understand um, in terms of uh, the, the, the actions of the of the Bush administration in, in, in invading Iraq and Afghanistan and uh, and now it seems planning to continue the war uh, on into the, the greater Middle East is why so many Americans or uh, as it seems so many Americans don't really seem to be that bothered by by the obviously insane actions of their government and uh, and why this could be why um, what is behind it? I mean, do do they do they actually do do many Americans support uh, these actions of their government, uh, and if so, why? Um, in thinking about this issue, one thing that that uh, came to our attention was the idea of fundamentalist religion, uh, specifically in the U.S., fundamentalist Christianity, and how that might play into this kind of apparent apathy, or even dare we say, support. Uh, among so many members of the of the American population for uh, these um, wars of aggression and uh, in the Middle East. So the first thing we need to look at, really, I suppose, is the idea of fundamentalism itself and what exactly it is, uh, specifically in America, again, uh, fundamentalist Christianity. Yeah. In, 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 I think it's important to kind of clarify exactly what the difference between a fundamentalist Christian and, for example, an evangelical Christian is. So, along those lines, uh, we'll start with a very nice little definition that you can find on Wikipedia, and they write that fundamentalist Christianity, or Christian fundamentalism, uh, refers in general to a movement that arose mainly within uh, American Protestantism in the late 19th and early 20th centuries by conservative evangelical Christians who, uh, reacting to modernism, decided that they would come up with a set of fundamental beliefs. And these fundamental beliefs were the inerrancy of the Bible, the virgin birth of Christ, the doctrine of substitutionary atonement, the bodily resurrection of Jesus, and the authenticity of his miracles. And the the general perception of the term today that we have of the word fundamentalism uh, was sort of colored by a couple of events. The first time that fundamentalism was used in a negative sense for all Christian groups was by the Lutheran theologian Martin E. Marty in his five-volume Fundamentalism Project. And the second, and perhaps uh, more important, or at least more interesting to us in our discussion, is that uh, during the episode where there were Americans held hostage in Lebanon, there were certain members of the press that started referring to the Islamic Hezbollah captors as, quote, Islamic fundamentalists, unquote, which is, of course, a term that we're very familiar with today because everybody who is basically being demonized as the terrorists is an Islamic fundamentalist. And so... Consequently, this this idea of you know fundamentalist, specifically Islamic fundamentalist, has has come to be associated with uh, you know it has a negative connotation now. Uh, 
but interestingly enough, uh, even though we have you know approximately it's uh, roughly thirty percent of the population of the U.S. are fundamentalist Christians, um, and so we can see that in the U.S. anyway, the the fundamentalist Christian population is not considered to be uh, well, at least by Americans, to be a, a terrorist group, whereas Islamic fundamentalists, well, everybody knows they're the, they're the terrorists, right? And to understand a little bit better about where uh, Christian fundamentalists are coming from, there's a, a book by Dale A. Robbins called What People Ask About the Church. And in a little excerpt, he writes that from the Christian perspective, fundamentalist has traditionally referred to any follower of Christ who believes that the Bible is the inspired word of God and who believes in its literal interpretation and fundamental teachings. Now, of course, this kind of brings up an interesting point about not just Christianity and not just Islam, but basically all organized religions. Uh, last week on our podcast, we talked about uh, mind control and propaganda in the sense of not not talking about uh, green bombing, which is a, a means of brainwashing, which we discussed in a previous podcast, but rather the the sort of everyday propaganda and mind programming that we're exposed to, for example, when you watch television and you're watching advertisements, or when you go to a store, or uh, the the type of propaganda that, for example, the Bush administration uses to promote itself and its policies. And so we see that uh, religions, in in a sense, are basically a, another means of, of mind programming. Uh, you know, whether you have, you know, regardless of whether it was you know Jesus who performed miracles and created loaves of bread and fish or whether it's the you know a prophet or whether it's the Quran or the the Torah or the Bible or or whatever you have all these religions and they are all essentially not able to be proven historically uh, certainly some events are in in her article who wrote the Bible uh, Laura Nyajic asks some very interesting questions about the the, the Christian Bible and and points out that Basically, you know, I mean, the the, the Bible was written by, it, it appears, a, a huge number of different people. It was modified. It, things were thrown out when they, you know, for for political reasons, even as it was written and rewritten. And and there's no there's no real historical or objective reality to what is said in the Bible, for example. And the same is true of the the Quran and the Torah and and, and all these. I mean, basically all the religions. Yes, you're essentially saying that these religions are all man-made. And um, in, a, in, a, in a sense, in a very real sense, um, religion is the is the mind programming uh, par excellence. In in that it um, it's not just about uh, mind programming, subtle mind programming, in terms of offering people uh, a product that they don't need, or or, or convincing them that, that a government policy is 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 the right policy. But uh, it obviously involves the the whole idea of um, heaven and uh, saviorship, uh, and being being uh, absolved of our sins, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, and, and what happens to us after we die, obviously. And and I mean, look at uh, you know, in terms of fundamentalist Christians have a literal interpretation of the Bible. Well, look what this has was has wrought, you know, throughout human history. I mean, we've had religion uh, uh, wars that have been fought over religion. You've had the uh, the inquisitions. Where I mean, there's when we say that you know this is mind programming and that this that that fundamentalist uh, Christianity is being used for something other than good, uh, it's not like there isn't a, a precedence for this. I mean, this is something that has happened before and it's happening again. 
uh, one of the other interesting things about the U.S. is, you know, you have all these televangelists who are making obscene amounts of money and, and everybody, I mean, they fill entire stadiums full of people. I mean, you know, tens of thousands of people and they're all touched by God and, you know, all this stuff happens. And, and of course, this is kind of like a sort of an accepted part of, of American culture and many people don't really think anything of it. Well, if you, if you go to um, other countries in Europe, for example... And you show someone, you know, you, you fire up the satellite dish or something and say, check out the the God channel or, you know, one of, whatever, one of these, you know, Bible TV or one of these channels and you show it to them, they go, oh my God, what is this? You know, this is like, it's, I mean, it's something that's like so totally foreign that how could there be all these people who are, I mean, they, they instantly look at it and go, it's a joke. Of course, these are, I guess, technically evangelists. So to, to highlight the difference between evangelists and fundamentalists to further clarify are more or less the focus of our discussion. Uh, on the November 3rd, 2003 science page, uh, we had an article from The Guardian entitled, So George, how do you feel about your mom and dad? And one of the interesting quotes from this article is, most fundamentalist Christians have authoritarian personalities. Two core beliefs separate fundamentalists from mere evangelists, or basically the mainstream Presbyterians among whom Bush first learned religion every Sunday with his parents. The first is something that we've already mentioned, that fundamentalists take the Bible absolutely literally as the word of God, and believe that human history will come to an end in the near future, preceded by a terrible apocalyptic battle on earth between the forces of good and evil, where only the righteous shall survive. And so the the author continues and he talks about how Bush talks about the axis of evil, and that for Bush, as a fundamentalist Christian, talking about the axis of evil is not just something that, you know, it's it's just some evil countries. It actually is, you know, these countries are the personification of evil and the devil and and Satan himself in, in the true biblical sense. Well, it's interesting that you talk about, um, about the history of organized religion and uh, what it has wrought on the planet. Uh, I mean, it, it could reasonably be stated that uh, the defining aspect of organized religion has been war and death uh, and people fighting wars of religion. And uh, certainly, while it may not uh, seem very obvious to most people uh, today, that is still the case today in that, um, as we shall see, the uh, one of the underlying themes of, of the current war on terror is, at least to, to a large extent, um, religion, and um, in fact, it, um, it 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 reminds us of the uh, of a certain general Boykin, who um, was a a major um, a party in the in the in Bush's uh, in the Bush administration's uh, organization of the War on Terror, where in um, two thousand and three he was. Uh, Traveling around various um, churches around America um, and giving uh, talks to the faithful on just what the upcoming war, or the, the, the in fact the war that was just in progress at that stage, what it was all about. General Boykin, and we assume that this was with the with the sanction and support of the White House, uh, stood up in front of a, a group of of, of people uh, in one of these churches and asked the question, "Why is this man in the White House?" Referring to George Bush. He stated, he answered the question, he's in the White House because God put him there for a time such as this. In January, uh, Boykin told Baptists in Florida about a victory over a Muslim warlord in Somalia who had boasted that Allah would protect him from American capture. General Boykin stated, I knew my God was bigger than his. I knew that my God was a real God and he was an idol. Boykin also emerged from the conflict with a photograph of the Somalian capital, Mogadishu, 
bearing a strange dark mark. He had said that this showed the principalities of darkness, a demonic presence in that city that God revealed to him as the enemy. On the Middle East, General Boykin told an Oregon church in June 2003 that America could not ignore its Judeo-Christian roots. Our religion came from Judaism and therefore Islamic radicals will hate us forever. In the same month, Boykin told an Oklahoma congregation that Osama bin Laden and Saddam Hussein were not the enemy, surprisingly. He stated, Our enemy is a spiritual enemy because we are a nation of believers. Our enemy's name is Satan. Now, General Boykin is not alone in uh, presenting the entire war on terror in, in these biblical terms. Um, a, a very well-known um, fundamentalist Christian preacher, perhaps the preeminent uh, preacher in the US, uh, Jerry Falwell, um, stated uh, in response to the question, who will the Antichrist be? He said, of course he will be Jewish. And we don't even have to, I mean, it's not. we're not just talking about the present day. Uh, former President Jimmy Carter also opined that the creation of Israel in 1948 meant a return at last to the biblical land from which the Jews were driven so many hundreds of years ago. The establishment of the nation of Israel is the fulfillment of biblical prophecy and the very essence of its fulfillment. So these are just a few of the comments uh, that uh, make it very clear that um, the idea of a biblical war and indeed of the, the idea of the end times or the wars of Armageddon uh, is something that has uh, that runs through American politics in, in a very significant way and has done for many years. And at 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 the minute, um, uh, not least our our favourite president George Bush uh, is is right there with them because in just last year, um, in a three part mini series uh, on the BBC, um, we were first notified of of. George Bush's uh, understanding or beliefs about the the war in Iraq um, when he was in he had been on a trip to uh, to Palestine and he he told uh, the Palestinian uh, president at the time and the uh, the president of the Palestinian Authority and and the Palestinian Foreign Minister he told them I'm driven with a mission from God he said God would tell me George go and fight those terrorists in Afghanistan and I did and then God would tell me George go and end the tyranny in Iraq. And I did. So this really uh, brings us to the heart of our discussion here today as to um, what exactly, or what part exactly the the whole uh, religious fundamentalism plays in, in, in what's going on on the planet at the minute, particularly, obviously, in terms of the, the Iraq invasion. And as Scott has mentioned before, um, as we all know, the, uh, the official reason for, for the war in Iraq and, and the invasion of Afghanistan that preceded it uh, was that uh, Islamic fundamentalists uh, obviously had attacked allegedly uh, had attacked uh, America on 9-11 and that they were determined to spread their Islamic fundamentalist faith around the world. But is that the case? And uh, Just one other little point to, to support what Joe was saying before we uh, delve into the, the, the topic of the war on terror uh, a little more deeply uh, as it relates to the whole religion aspect, uh, lest we think that, well, you know, everything would be fine if we just got Bush and all his pals, if we just, you know, throw them out of the White House, you know, everything's going to be okay. Well, as Joe mentioned, Jimmy Carter seems to share the sort of uh, fundy viewpoint and... Ronald uh, Reagan as well. Ronald Reagan, and also our good friend Al Gore is also a fundamentalist Christian. So 
while 30% of the population approximately might be fundamentalist Christians uh, in the United States, uh, it, it seems that a, a very large number of, the, of U.S. leaders, uh, especially in the military, a disproportionate number of them uh, in relation to the population are fundamentalist Christians. And so then this, this brings us again back to the war on terror, where we have, of course, uh, Joe mentioned the, the 9-11 attacks, and of course the, the rationale given uh, for the, the invasion of Iraq has changed uh, over time, and it has become, well, you know, it was it's all about well, eventually it became, you know, we were going to bring freedom and democracy to the Iraqis. And so what we come down to, knowing what we know and, and what we've discussed previously about how uh, it appears that the, the 9-11 operation uh, was a, a false flag operation uh, involving Mossad and Israel, and as we can see quite clearly uh, from the U.S. support of Israel, uh, which is pretty much obscene in, in terms of uh, you know, I mean, I mean, you can you can look at at uh, a list of the UN resolutions um, that uh, the UN has vetoed when anyone tried to do anything about Israel. The U.S. was always there to shoot down anything that was going to cause problems for Israel. And so, of course, you have these fundamentalist Christians who are in power and have been in power for for some time uh, in the U.S. Um, and of course, they're supporting Israel because. You know, well, the, the question really is: Are they supporting you know Jews in general, or are they supporting the Zionists? And of course, there's a huge difference between uh, Jews and Zionists. And in fact, there are quite a few Jews who are absolutely appalled at what the Zionists are doing, and they claim that the Zionists, uh, you know, Ariel Sharon, for example, are not Jews by any stretch of the imagination. So you sort of have this: you know, there are fundamentalist Christians who are running the U.S. And then you have the normal Christians, and then you have uh, Jews in Israel and elsewhere who are basically under the control of the Zionist cabal. And well, the question then is who who are the who are the true believers? Who are the real? You know, um, you have Jewish people who who follow the Jewish faith, but to a large extent, the extreme nature of of that faith is being shoved down their throats by these people who claim to be representing them, who are also known as Zionists. And it kind of brings up an interesting point because we've already talked about the idea of religion being uh, essentially mind control. So the question then is, is Bush and are these Zionists all being mind controlled as well? Or do they actually, um, I mean, do they? F- is there any truth? We've already said that there's, that basically in, in terms of the historical accuracy of, uh, of organized religion and, and what it claims uh, happened and is going to happen is, is, is not true yeah, from a historical point of view. But um, so do, do people like Bush and Sharon uh, and these other Zionists, do they actually believe this or are they using it? Do they understand that it's simply a form of mind control and are they using it to, to further some other goal, some other political goal? And the interesting thing is that in, a, in, a, in an almost paradoxical sort of way, while the prophecies, as, as we've been saying, that, that are contained within the, the organized religions uh, have... They're very suspect based on the fact that the, org- the religions that, that underpin them are not based on historical fact. Um, but it seems that the way that uh, the world is going in terms of uh, or the, 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 the war and the, the wars that the Americans and the Israelis are waging at the minute, they seem to dovetail quite nicely with biblical prophecy, almost as if uh, this biblical prophecy is being used as a cover to 
to fulfil this prophecy. It's it's a it's a self fulfilling prophecy, as it were. Um, although we're seriously doubtful as to whether there'll be any return of Jesus or not, but that'll be the least of our worries. Um, if if any of any of the stuff that is meant to come before that actually happens, and the problem uh, that we're trying to uh, highlight here is that a lot of those prophecies are going to come to pass in a way. Um, but certainly it won't have any kind of uh, supernatural or, or um, spiritual aspect to it. It'll be more to do with uh, just endless war and bloodshed and possibly, ultimately, the destruction of large parts of the world. And be- due to the manipulations and, and, and lies of, of the people who are, who are in power. And that brings up another point, which is that uh, if you read uh, Laura Knight Yajik's new book, 9-11, The Ultimate Truth, you will discover some interesting new data that um, sheds some new light on the uh, the nature of the false flag operation that occurred. So in an attempt to answer our initial question as to why there seems to be this uh, silence or tacit support from uh, at least a significant portion of the U.S. population for this uh, crazy, brutal war in, in the Middle East that is just getting started... Um, we have to understand that for those fundamentalist Christians in um, in America, uh, the war in Iraq was extremely uh, pleasing and even exciting to these people because they fervently believed that this was the beginning, this is a sign of the beginning of the fulfilment of biblical prophecy. Because uh, according to the according to the fundamentalist Christians, um, there has to be. Uh, and they, obviously they base their, their their belief on on biblical prophecy. There has to be a war in the Middle East um, uh, for uh, for Jesus to return. Uh, specifically, the emergence of uh, the Antichrist, who um, must precede the, the arrival of Jesus. And as we just mentioned, Jerry Falwell uh, has told us that the, the Antichrist is going to be Jewish. Also, the um, as part of this uh, return of Jesus, uh, the the temple uh, in Jerusalem, the, the Temple Mount in Jerusalem, must be rebuilt for a third time. And obviously, for that to happen, the temple must be uh, the the temple, which is in its second incarnation at the minute, must be destroyed. Um, and obviously, for it to be destroyed, there must be some kind of a major conflagration in in that area. Obviously, it includes the the tribulation, this end times prophecy, according to the fundamentals of Christians, is supposed to include war, earthquakes, locusts, etc., etc. And all of this is hoped for by these people as a necessary preliminary to establishing God's kingdom on earth. The fundamentalist uh, Christian theory also demands that Jews will convert to Christianity uh, so that they can then become witnesses or converters of the Gentiles. The problem with this, and this is a problem with uh, the current um, uh, friendship between Israel and uh, and the U.S. in terms of uh, the fundamentalists who are following this fundamentalist uh, uh, religious belief, is that from the Jewish point of view, the Jewish Messiah, uh, and we, we we should note that the Jews do not uh, these Jews who ascribe to the fundamentalist. Uh, uh, beliefs uh, do not believe that uh, the Messiah has returned. They don't. They don't believe that Jesus was the Messiah, and uh, they're still expecting him to return. And when he returns, what what will happen as a result is that he uh, he will end the Jews' exile and re-establish David's kingdom in the capital, which is Jerusalem. Notably, uh, the Messiah, the the Jewish Messiah, will defeat the Gentile nations, according to Jewish. Uh, uh, prophecy, end times prophecy, and obviously Gentile nations is uh, anybody who is not Jewish. 
after which the uh, the Jews in exile will return and rule in an age of spiritual harmony. So, as we've been mentioning, all of this tends to dovetail quite nicely with um, with how things have actually happened, uh, or how, how events have progressed since, um, specifically since 9/11. And we should uh, it it brings up an interesting point in terms of our our thesis that uh, Israel was behind 9/11 uh, and, and is essentially the motivating force behind the entire war on terror. And if we look at the result of uh, of, of the war on terror and what has happened since uh, since 9/11, I mean America has fallen a long way and is in a very precarious situation at the minute. And this uh, this brings up uh, well, it certainly makes us think twice about the idea of uh, the Jewish biblical prophecy of of the Messiah defeating the Gentile nations. Uh, obviously, one of the the major Gentile nation in the world at the minute is the U.S. with its uh, many millions of uh, fundamentalist Christians. So there's there's this contradiction and this uh, this opposition uh, between uh, the, the the Jewish or, the, or more specifically the Zionist agenda and the fundamentalist Christian agenda, uh, which for the time being may they both are happy to work together, but ultimately, uh, as the saying goes, there can be only one. And uh, we wonder just uh, how this is going to pan out, um, and uh, in terms of 9/11 and uh, uh, the involvement, as we say, of Israel uh, along with the Bush uh, administration, and what actually happened uh, as part of that uh, 9/11 false flag operation, and why uh, America seems to be at the minute serving. Uh, to the letter serving Israel's uh, agenda in the Middle East is a, is a very, very inter- interesting question. It is rather interesting because you have the fundamentalist Christians in America who are basically pushing to support Israel because they want the apocalypse to come. And then you have the uh, Jews under the control of the Zionists who think that their version of the end of the world is, is going to come to pass. And in a sense, you, you, you have two sides who are basically planning on double-crossing the other. And uh, the idea of a double-cross is particularly relevant to the topic of 9-11. In Laura Nightyagic's new book, 9-11, The Ultimate Truth, uh, she reveals some new information regarding the the double-cross that took place on 9-11. And, well, let's just say it's it's something that you you don't want to miss. And regarding uh, 9-11, The Ultimate Truth... In next week's podcast, we should probably mention that we will be interviewing author Laura Nightyagic and be, we'll be discussing the topic of 9-11, and perhaps she may give a few hints. So as we've mentioned, both the uh, the, the biblical or the, 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 the end times prophecies from both Judaism or uh, fundamentalist Judaism and fundamentalist Christianity center on uh, Israel, uh, specifically Jerusalem, and the need for some kind of major war in, uh, in that specific area. But one of the most striking things of all is that, uh, coincidentally, Islam also adopts the same setting, uh, Jerusalem, uh, for its kind of apocalyptic um, end times prophecy. At the end of time, the Muslim traditions say that uh, Islam's central sh- shrine in Mecca, complete with the, with the stone, uh, will have to come to Jerusalem for their, uh, for their prophecy to be fulfilled. So it just brings us back to the point, uh, the, the, the strange, the bizarre and almost... Um, supernatural um, way in which um, 
these three major religions are all at the minute are all have been uh, manipulated to be uh, at each other's throats and have been uh, used as a justification for for the current war that is as we say is only just getting started and is set to escalate in a, in a serious way and while and while those um end times prophecies um are based on from a historical point of view a fictitious uh, religious basis um at the same time it seems to be coming to pass as it were which uh, which i suppose if we pursue that uh, angle far enough we would uh, we'd have to get into the, the long history of these religions and the way that they've evolved over the over the many uh, hundreds of years uh which would lead us into an idea of some kind of a, a force or some kind of um some kind of agents working behind the scenes bizarrely as it sounds uh, over many many hundreds of years to uh, to set up uh, these religions and to set up humanity essentially to fulfill this prophecy that was essentially made up but that is now coming to pass and and the this idea of uh some uh, people or things that that have the capability to to influence history over a, a vast period of time. Uh, you know, again, that might sound crazy, but uh, in our interview, our, our last interview with with Lauren Ayajic, she was talking about how when when looking at all the data, it's it's you know you you look at this and and there's just really no way that there that that a a, a group of, of 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 human beings over a period of, of of hundreds even thousands of years could have orchestrated all of this and so you you know you are essentially rationally and and, and logically forced to hypothesize that there is something uh well basically that that man is not at the top of the food chain um interestingly enough it is it is only when you take into account this idea that uh, things start to fall into place. So the fact about it is, is that all of this uh, was started. It, it was uh, the, the ball was uh, the ball got rolling um, as a result of nine eleven, and that, as as we're I'm sure we're all aware, that's the defining event of uh, of this period in our history, really, because everything that is uh, that is happening now has happened as a result of, of, of that event. That's not to say that that event was not uh, many years in, in, the, in the making and many years in the planning, but certainly it um, it set the scene for what is happening at the minute and what is, is to come. And as uh, Scott mentioned, uh, we'll be getting into uh, 9-11 and uh, the, the, the movers and shakers behind 9-11 and what their ultimate uh, secret um, was and uh, what their ultimate goal is. Uh, we'll be getting into that uh, question um, in a little bit more depth with uh, Lauren Idiacic next week. And, uh, of course, um, we'll be taking it to its final and more than likely bloody uh, denouement. And before we go, we would also like to mention that uh, Laura will be interviewed on Coast to Coast with George Nury uh, this weekend, and that uh, promises to be a rather interesting interview. So that's it for this week, and as always, if you'd like to read more about the topics we discussed today, you can visit our site at www.signs-of-the-times.org. Thanks for joining us, and we'll see you next week.